Shut up, I love it. On March 4th of this year, the newly elected mayor, Joe Rogan, announced that he was changing the hiring practices of the podcast host force. No longer would height, weight, sex, education, or physical strength be used to keep new recruits out of Shut Up, I Love It. Hundreds of people who never dreamed of becoming podcasters signed up immediately. Naturally, Joe and Sasha completely freaked out. Shut up, I love it! Wow. This I'm is Joe so... Cabello. So long and good. I'm Sasha Feiler. <laughs> so long. <laughs> Joe, what is this? Where are we? Where are we? Who are we? First of all, Happy New Year, everybody. Whoa, 2022. We are Shut Up, I Love It. This is a podcast where we bring on a special guest to talk about something they love that is otherwise misunderstood, unknown, hated. Spit on. Spat on or spat One on? of those. Both of those. Spit yeah. and spat. And joining us today, she is a writer and improviser based in Greenville, South Carolina. She is the writer for season three of a black lady sketch show on HBO. Welcome, Elrinthia Carter. Yay, hello. Hi, hello, happy hello. new year. Happy new year to you guys as well. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, how's 2022 treating you so far? <laughs> so far, uh, everything is great. It feels like uh, a, a fresh start, mm-hmm. a new year, if you will. New year, yeah. new us. Yeah. yeah. We could all use it. Is is that what you're here to talk, though, about the new year, the new start? Or did you get something else up your sleeve? Uh, you know, I, I came to talk about a movie that people always forget to include in the 100 best movies of all time, Police Academy, Citizens on Patrol. Number four. <laughs> numero Number four. Quattro. Number four of how many, just to remind us all? I believe there's six total. I think seven, um, actually. Yeah. I think there might be seven. Oh, maybe seven. Yeah, this is the last Steve Gutenberg uh, of the, the Police Academy cinematic universe. Um, <laughs> he moves to for greater, for greater pastures. Incredible. So um, I am a little bit familiar with Police Academy. I'm just going to go right to it. I grew up in Siberia and I like was living in the world of like black and white television sets. It was it was terrible. But uh, I also grew up in the 40s, 1940s. But anyway, and so (laughs) So every everybody was but it was really bad for her. Yeah. And and basically, um, at some point, I remember a friend had a police academy tape. I don't know which movie it was, but when they played it, I was so excited. I thought it was the funniest comedy ever, and I could not believe it. I loved it so much. That's my familiarity with police academy, and then I haven't seen any movies up until the me getting ready for this episode, which I did by watching the very first, the pilot, so to say, of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I can't say trilogy. It's sem- Seminology. And, uh, Septology? I don't know. Septology. There you that, go. That works. There yeah. You go. And then the fourth one. Yeah. The very the very one that we're talking about here. What about you, Joe? Uh, yeah. This was one of those series that I was aware of, but had never actually watched at all. You know, like you hear a lot about it in pop culture and it's obviously somewhat of a a staple, 
but never never got around to seeing them. So I also watched the pilot and episode four. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's uh, good to know. <laughs> in preparation uh, yeah. for this. So this is all a fresh experience. Arlinthia, what is your history with Police Force as a series? So I first uh, saw Police Academy as a kid because I grew up in the in the 80s, 80s and 90s. And so um, I guess as a little kid, seeing cops be wacky was a really fun, uh, fun thing to watch. Um, so much physical comedy in there. You know, there's nothing that kids like more than to see grownups fall down and fall into things mm-hmm. and be pranked on. Um, so there's things that I didn't understand until I watched it recently. And I was like, oh, wow, that was not for kids. <laughs> yeah, but... <sex> stuff, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> A lot of sex. But it, yeah, but I mean, it's, I feel like it's one of those like quintessential 80s movie collections that, um, you know, they, they just shows like the slapstick of of the 80s and how anything goes and how they're going to fit every single trope into one movie yeah it's like a very it's part of like what i call sequence movies they're really movies that are more about a bunch of sequences and what the story doesn't seem to matter as much as like let's just do these funny gags almost like a sketch show right Mm -hmm. right yeah it's kind of like yeah it's a a sketch that they didn't really think about how to get from sketch to sketch. They're just like, let's just do a whole bunch of things. <laughs> Very loose structure holding it all together. Alrinthia, yeah. why did you choose number four out of the seven? So I, um, so I've always loved the movies, but what brought it to mind was that I saw that the movie had like a thirty-eight percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and I thought. Really? Huh. That's kind of weird. I would at least have given it like a 70. You know, it's not <laughs> the best, but it's not the worst. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that, that's what led me to be like, okay, I think my passion for the police academy has been reawakened because of this injustice. You have yeah. to fight back against. So you would say maybe that's this uh, movie particularly is in the hated or reviled category. I would say not really hated. I would say forgotten. Mm -hmm. I think people maybe once Steve Dudenberg left, they're like, all right, we're, we're done. We're over it. He's a big (laughs) part of the charm for sure. He's the heart of it. Uh, So I could definitely see wanting to check out after the goot gets out. Yeah. The goot. Yeah. And emotionally you have to just, you know, cut your ties, you know? You do. I I found this one really interesting because it's almost like a reboot of the movie, of the series, like, premise, but with just some tweaks. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of a whole new recruits, it's like, okay, every, any, it's actually the exact same premise, except they're not giving people badges. Uh, do you want to explain the premise of this one particularly? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that assessment. I mean, uh, for this particular movie, um, citizens on patrol, they're thinking that, okay, we are, our police force is stretched thin. So we're going to invite people from the community, train them to be police officers, and then just give them a job, which is literally the same kind of, you know, <laughs> concept as the first one, mm-hmm. except for the first one's like, 
we're going to accept everybody regardless of weight, educational, education, whatever. So it's like they just made the same movie twice. Mm-hmm. Just this one has a has a theme song. <laughs> yeah, and I, a really cool. I love any like a uh, rap tie-in song uh, for movies. Yeah. That is like my catnip. Yeah, yeah. What I like also about these two movies is that they don't have to spend a lot of time on the premise and they don't bother to. They're like, here's the premise. Let's just get to it. Like, which I love. Like, it's like, who cares? And then we yeah. just get to the very characters, what they're for and the gags, for sure. Yeah. And if you like kind of like the Star Wars thing where they have like a little method, a little prologue on the screen and we're like, OK, you've read this. Yeah. You get it. We're <laughs> going right into it. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, there's not a lot of drama within either the first or this one but it does play the premise it's constantly playing at the premise but it just doesn't really care for character development or uh, <laughs> uh sharon stone and kim cattrall in both one and four or four and one respectively you yeah. aren't sure at certain points if they were ever in the movie like you're, <laughs> they disappear, and you're like, "Wait a minute! Did I just have a fever dream that Sharon Stone was in this movie?" I did not recognize her at all. I watched the whole movie, and at the end, I was like, "Wait, that was Sharon Stone." I was surprised because she didn't do anything. No, she just kind of rode around cars mm-hmm. and maybe like shouted a random question because I guess she was a a journalist, but she was always just kind of in the background, so you couldn't really figure out if she was a journalist. Or one of the citizens on patrol. <laughs> they just, they didn't care. They're like, no. get a pretty girl. They, this is very much of that era. Get, yeah. a, get a pretty girl in the movie and place her there like a statue. Yeah. And, a, uh, a space filler. Yeah. And just so I understand, is that part of every single Police Academy movie to have a new woman that's just there as sort of the princess in the high tower? I think, yeah, to have a woman basically to for Steve Gutenberg to charm and seduce. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he actually like got any from Sharon Stone because mm-hmm. they didn't get they didn't kiss. They didn't like hook up. Whereas with yeah. Kim Cattrall, they were like half the movie was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just saw you yesterday and we are in love. Yeah, I was hoping for that love to continue in the movie number four but it was all started from the get-go and it was i know it was not paying off at all (laughs) yeah there's no like uh you know you usually have oh she's starting to like him and then he does something stupid and she uh breaks off breaks it off and he has to win her back this movie's like uh no we don't worry about that stuff there's no structure. There's no like no. common structure to this at all. No, what they do worry about in movie number four, which I thought was very interesting, is that they spend holy shit a lot of money on those plane shots at the end. Like the action is insane. <laughs> yeah. The whole act yeah. three is usually what a movie has for like five to ten minutes. They had so much money to throw at this movie. Maybe it was like a last hurrah for Steve Gutenberg, the good, like on this movie or some other reasons. But that was just like insane, great stunts all over the place. Yeah. It was crazy action movie at the end. I could not believe it. Yeah. I mean, we were like, I, I guess they, they save, you know, they save the captain, Captain Harris and Proctor. And then all of a sudden it just, the movie just turns into an a hot air balloon plane fight. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like hot air balloons versus planes. It was a whole other movie. Yeah. Which I feel is creative. It's yeah, really it's creative. creative. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is because that's so... It's so... Uh, you'd have to do it big. Like nowadays, you'd see Tom Cruise in a Mission Impossible movie actually like flying the plane into a hot air balloon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And essentially, that's kind of what they had to do here. Uh, but for it that to be used on just a silly cop movie, it's incredible. Just <laughs> incredible. And it served no real purpose. I mean, it, they weren't really rescuing anybody. There was just one <laughs> of the, the, the criminals stole this biplane and was able to fly it, I guess. Maybe he fought in World War II. We don't know. <laughs> and they were just chasing him. They, there was no reason to to use that much police academy funding. Yeah. Did yeah. they have funding? To chase like two bad guys that just like stole a plane. Yeah, I just wonder <laughs> if like a stunt person died on this movie, then it's like, do you wanted to die in an airplane or hot air balloon stunt for police academy four? <laughs> it would feel a little bit like, what stunts were you doing in that movie? And <laughs> you were doing that for police academy four? What were you doing? Yeah. There are some crazy yeah. stunts as the the stunt men and women, maybe women, mostly men, I think, sliding down the hot air balloon like like straight yeah. up, like in the seam of it. That's my Which, yeah. that's my fear. That's like a fear <laughs> your, is being on the top of one and starting to slide down. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, there's some good stuff there. That's where the drama came in. The drama came from Tackleberry or Tackleberry's stunt person sliding down an active hot air balloon yeah i i like how this one and the first they the third acts are these in crazy action sequences that like (laughs) the first one is so dystopian like the whole city revolts Mm -hmm. and just decides to commit crime (laughs) like it's the end of the joker because of like the apple right like hitting somebody or yeah yeah that's all it was he threw an apple it hit someone in the head he starts seeing up a guy who just happens to have some apples, and then the whole city explodes. Yeah, it's so yeah. violent. It's, <laughs> but it's still like in this little balloon—no pun intended, I guess—of this comedy. <laughs> it, it's insane. It's like putting a, like a mass shooting inside like a Judd Apatow forty-year-old virgin, uh, movie. You'd be like, what? Why did you put that? <laughs> in this but they pull it off yeah i mean it'd be like you know if the 40 year version lost his virginity and then from there went on like a car chase in like a honda <laughs> mm-hmm. and chased like i don't know a golf cart or something yeah that's exact that's what exactly what it is <laughs> edit the beginning of baby driver into immediately <laughs> after he has sex in 40 year old virgin and that's yeah. police academy yeah i'm actually i really want to see if I can find a copy of the script. Like, I'm so interested mm-hmm. to see, like, whoever wrote this, like, what, how they struck this on the page. I need to see outlines. I need to see one <laughs> sheet. I need to see treatment. I want to know, like, where the thought process You want to see the lines of cocaine just uh, left on it and, like, all <laughs> other drugs that people might have been using throughout the creation of such 
script. I wanted to see if we want to move on to discussing some of the characters. Maybe people have their favorite characters. I'm going to start. I really love Hightower because he's just so fun. And uh, I guess yeah. the dude was a, what is it, basketball player, right? Uh, Football. Yeah. Football player. There you go. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But I thought he was just great. And uh, all the time, just those stupidest, simple gags of him being just too tall and too strong. Uh, yeah. It it's just did it for me every time. And I loved it. And I bought it every single time. I also like realized that what I really loved about this movie when I was a kid was the um, Michael Winslow as Surgeon Larvel Lar Lar Jones. I realized yes. that all those effects that he did was a beatboxing. What is it called? Come on, I'm from Siberia. Help me out here. I think he's like. I think he like. It's a, they called him a beatboxer because they didn't know like how else to yeah. define him. Yeah. Because he did like you know like helicopter sounds and microphone sounds and I think that was just like the easy way. Like that was the '80s way to describe somebody making sounds with their mouths. But that yeah. was insane. Like, that guy is a genius in my mind. He's up there with Einstein and, like, all other great people. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, like, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about, like, how, like, the ripple effect of that character. I mean, they mentioned him in the episode of The Office. I mean, you know, the guy, mm -hmm. like, uh, Steve Carell did a, a, a Jones impression. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. Like, 20 years later, like, people are like, okay. Wow. Police Academy saves lives. Yeah, that was the thing that I remembered most as, like, uh, having not watched the movie but being referenced was uh, that character and then his skills doing that. Mm -hmm. So I was actually surprised they didn't use it more. I think I just had uh, made it such a big thing through, like, Family Guy making jokes about it, uh, The Office. There's so many references to it. I thought he'd be doing it left and right. Yeah. Uh, so I was disappointed because it, it he is so good. It's like just give him the sequences. His sequences are funny. Tackleberry is just yeah. violent. We don't need so many tackleberries. We need we need some sounds. Uh, so is he one of your favorite characters, Joe? No. Okay. Uh, I th <laughs> I have no problem with him. Commander Lassard, I really like because mm -hmm. I'm so worried about him. Like, if that was my family member, we'd be having meetings all the time of, like, yeah, where do we where do we take him? What brain doctor? <laughs> he's in trouble. I think he's so, so funny. So I really liked him anytime he was on there. And I, I do have to shout out this movie for David Spade in a really long skateboarding sequence. <laughs> Yes. This was at like the a height. Scene. Yeah. yeah, it's at the height of skateboarding where they're mm -hmm. like, "No, we just have to." Put, kids like skateboarding. Put skateboarding in there, and then a they montage. did with David Spade. Mm -hmm. And you know who else was in that scene? Tony Hawk. Yeah, oh, is that the, right? Yeah, he's one of the skateboarders. Oh wow, <laughs> young Tony Hawk. I guess I, I don't know if that counts as like him being an extra or a featured extra, but he's in there. Yeah, the whole montage was pretty, pretty crazy. And it was definitely for the kids, I could tell. Um, yeah. Uh, Alrinte, what about you? Who is your favorite or favorite characters? I would say uh, from all the movies, I love uh, Officer uh, Hooks, mm -hmm. um, who uh, Marion Ramsey. She, I mean, I love yeah. that 
she was like this meek little like mouse of a woman but she was like like kind of violent like she was pretty much the same as Tackleberry when she had had enough and I love to see that transition of her just being really meek and quiet to being like like scary yeah (laughs) yeah in the first film she has a great arc Probably one of the few really strong arcs of <laughs> yeah. traditional writing in it. And you can sniff it a mile away, like once she's the first time she's on screen, but it's still so satisfying when she finds her voice at yeah. the end of the first one. And I mean, as a kid, I loved when she said dirtbag. That was like the best thing she could have ever done. It was like, dirtbag. Like, yeah, get up. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of voice and just saying things, uh, Bobcat Goldweight. I don't yeah. know if I'm saying it right, but uh, that voice, I will always have it in me for the rest of my life. It would always <laughs> sound somewhere in the background. I'll come back in and out, depending on where I am and how I feel. But I really, I really bought that character. Apparently, that's what the guy was doing like all the time, right? Like that character. And he yeah, stand up and in other shows. I grew up with him on a show where he was a, uh, a stuffed dog or like an imaginary Mm. friend i forget he Mm -hmm. lived in the basement of it was kind of like married with children if al bundy talked to a stuffed dog (laughs) (laughs) and that's how he got away and it was a a really fun show but that voice you know he like really owned entertainment Mm -hmm. for a while because he was so unique yeah i feel like for a while it was him and polly shore had like a really tight hold on entertainment. Yeah, that makes sense. Paula Shore mentioned many times on Shut Up, I Love It, and <laughs> nice to have him back mentioned here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's also just some really dumb jokes like that I enjoy, because I really like dumb jokes. And so to me, like the judge saying, I'll be the judge of it, like that to me is so funny. And I just like just something stupid like that. Or um, when they take this cop and move him like what is he he's in the porta potty and they move him in the air the crane moves him over the construction crane to and like he's still a stadium. he's still pooping the whole time he's still pooping the whole time but then when they remove <laughs> and they expose him sitting on that porta potty to a full stadium of people the national anthem starts playing and <laughs> he, he has to rise he has to rise because he just you know he has to so I, this is just like one of my favorite moments and i really liked the citizens on patrol the short for it is cop i just thought for some reason that was brilliant and <laughs> just kept saying the cop yeah the cop the cop the cop program <laughs> are there any other moments uh that we should mention on uh, this uh movie and how does it compare maybe to other movies of the era yeah, I mean, I like that every moment in the movie had like its own song. Like the soundtrack was very much like, okay, we're telling you what's happening now. <laughs> They're playing basketball. So I've got to, we're going to play this song about being on a winning streak because they're on a winning streak <laughs> playing basketball. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think they don't do that in movies anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. you have like movies like this, like they're really held top. Every like act, had its own kind of jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love too that. Too subtle now. Too subtle. Yeah, we can yeah. hit them over the head with this stuff. I'm fine with that. Jean-Claude Van Damme movies were great for that, uh, too. I remember some good needle drops of literal songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole vibe. Yeah, and someone probably wrote those songs 
for the movie because I don't I don't think they're ever like played on the radio or anything. So someone's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what you got? I got a basketball scene. What you got? It's like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna write this I'm write this song about winning streaks. Done. Sidebar about that is what I never really realized is like, you know, there will be a song that plays at the end of Venom, Venom 2 or something like Mm -hmm. one of those movies. And then what they did is they contacted an artist and said, we need a song about like two people coming together because the movie (laughs) was about Venom coming together with the symbiote. But they don't even say that. They're just like, we need a song about coming together. And the person never watches the movie at all, or even any clips. They might not even know what movie it's for. And then, so you have, like, Ellie Golding or someone, like, doing totally. this passionate yeah. song about, like, we were once the best, now we're <laughs> apart. And it's, like, playing after Venom 2. <laughs> I, I, I know I what you're saying. That. Yeah, yeah, I do like that sometimes, too. Like, when you watch a movie that's super sad, for example, it just ends on somebody dead, like like your favorite character. You just imagine... Do, 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 do. Like and just like it's like a happy rock song at the end. You like just imagine like how shitty this transition. And a lot of times it is like with the older movies into the titles. You just you just go with whatever, whatever is right. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, whatever can make fits. a soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, let's get that soundtrack done, pressed on some CDs, and there you go. If this movie is for the kids, um, or these movies are for the kids, I I, I think it's really funny to think that like. It was, it, I think it's because I saw both of them, the pilot movie and Police Academy 4. And I think it's in the first one, right? But the famous um, podium scene. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you describe what's going on? Because that's like, I think is the classic that will live on in comedy forever. I will. And, you know, this is one of those scenes I did not get until I was older. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So uh, Mahoney and Mahoney and the gang play a prank on the uh, the lieutenant and they decide to get back at him by hiring a sex worker and planting her in his room. Um, The goal was for him to get caught with this woman in in his room. He gets there earlier and like, okay, we got to get out of here. Hides her in a podium. They go, they run through the campus of the police academy. And I guess this was the best place to hide. (laughs) this this woman uh and so they hide her and she's like all right uh why are we going here he's like oh i like to do it out you know in public and she just just goes with it he's like all right i'll hang out this this, this podium for a little bit i guess we're doing some sort of role play and so it you know when the commandant stands in front of the podium he's giving a talk to other cops she's like all right i'm on let's get this started and she gives them a blowjob right there and i i guess it, i don't know why it took me so long to get what they were doing i was like oh is she like tickling him like you you so no <laughs> yeah you, you couldn't even fathom because the same no. thing happened to me with uh um what is it ace ventura 2 there's a scene where he's masturbating and did not know he was masturbating for years and years and then Still, watched it. i was like oh. last night you figured <laughs> yeah i was like wait he's doing what i'm doing while watching this movie <laughs> no. uh, so <laughs> it's a good movie As to do yeah it's, yeah it's a good one uh so yeah the same where you your young mind does not even know no. what these uh 
actions are. So how could you think it? You, you yeah. interpret it however you can at that point. And you think like, oh, I guess it's not the funniest of jokes, but sure. And you move on. Well, because yeah. right. uh, what's his name? Uh, George Gaines is Commander Lassard is being so funny during it. It's a it's a genuinely interesting scene just for his performance as he's mm-hmm. trying to give this presentation and his face is contorting and whatnot um it's that scene is almost better not knowing he's getting a blowjob because knowing he's getting a blowjob it's a little disturbing actually it is traumatizing and steve i think it's so weird that steve gutenberg is like sitting shoulder to shoulder with this woman as she's doing it like he is he can smell it he's that close Yeah, he's just, I mean, is he the one that that, that paid her for her services? Like, I don't, I, I want to know logistics of, yeah. of what that was supposed to accomplish. Yeah, everything around it. I want to know the whole story, A to Z. And then what happens is Steve Gutenberg's character, Mahoney, he, like, crawls out of the space and the lieutenant has, or commander hasn't left. And so... The commander thinks that that's where the blowjob came from, the good. Yeah. And later he learns that, no, it's impossible because he likes ladies. And that (laughs) um, is, uh, therefore, it means that that's just not what happened. It couldn't have happened at all. There's no No world. No, no. (laughs) I appreciate this style of movie for the fact that they're like, as far as logic it doesn't care. It doesn't want to hold up to scrutiny. It just, is it funny? Then we'll move on from it. You know, in yeah. any other movie, uh, the the guy who got porta potted in into the stadium or whatever, like they would have gotten trouble for that or, or something, just even by virtue of what the movie's about. You know, they're right. trying to take these guys down. And with the blowjob thing, that would strain their relationship, I would think. But no, the movie says no. It that wouldn't be as funny. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. don't care about logic. And I do love that. Yeah. I love it that, you know, even with Captain Harris, you know, he gets pranked the most out of in all of the movies. And he like they do some like actual bodily harm to him. <laughs> but it just kind of moves on. The next scene. It's like, yeah, I know we super glued a megaphone to your face mm-hmm. and you had to go into <laughs> surgery. But you know, now it's cool. It's cool. We're going to move on to putting mace in your deodorant now. <laughs> and they just really repeat those gags kind of like in a slightly different shape from movie to movie, it appears. Because like he, before it was something around his mouth and now it's just glued to his mouth. So they kind of heighten it slightly, but they're like, this shit, it just keeps happening to his face and it's really fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, my, my, my favorite prank is always the blue oyster prank. Uh, when they're, you know, they, <laughs> when they're, you know, the, and basically what happens is whenever they're having a party and whoever like the stooges like find out where this party is, Mahoney always gives them the access, the address to the, the local gay bar, the blue oyster, mm-hmm. and they go and they get tangoed. Constantly. And and yeah. They, they even don't remember their surroundings. They'll like <laughs> accidentally be like, oh, we got to get into somewhere. 
this door. They go in there and they're like, oh, it was the Blue Oyster. Like, you telling me you don't recognize the exterior of the Blue Oyster at this point? <laughs> you know that it's that building. Uh, and there's just the, the tango. I loved it. Like, like there's just like a, always an army of men ready to tango these newcomers. <laughs> and there's no way to protest. You just get tangoed and then you move on with life. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, that one of the best, like, gags is they, they play the same song <laughs> in every movie. And they're like, yeah, this is the Blue Oyster song. Um, and you know what? As a kid, when I heard about the Blue Oyster cult, I thought the Blue Oyster cult was <laughs> named after the Blue Oyster because that's all I knew. So. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> a different, uh, different meaning to that band and their songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty incredible. Do you think both of you that there's something to be said, even though this movie is like for kids and it's all comedy and gags is maybe and tell me if I'm wrong, because I am from Siberia and I don't know that much about the 80s films in America. But like it was one of the very first films that maybe was started making fun, really just making fun of police and like cops in general. Yeah, well, yeah I think so. And the the eras of what people thought about cops, it's really, I'm not an expert in it, but it's changed. Like there was the like Section 8 era of cops where it was like, oh, we, cops are bad guys. You know, yeah. they're, they're doing horrible things and they're the, it's the Wild West on the streets. And now we've kind of circled back to that <laughs> as well in different ways, right? Um, yeah. So it, yeah. I think this is kind of in a period where let's make fun of cops, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's like right before, I guess the era of like propaganda where, you know, you're going from police academy and all the hijinks to, you know, speed, you know? And so, mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is probably one of the movies that, that probably did the most is just like, no, we're fully making fun of these police officers. They still like achieve their goals, but they can only do that if they hire random people from from the street. So it's basically like, yeah, the police are are in it until a, a granny joins this volunteer police force. Great. Yeah, the the common sense of the everyday person is needed in the police force. Is kind of the feeling that this these movies give. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it's it's so it it doesn't take police very seriously. It doesn't take policing very seriously. I mean, if you think about the crimes that they solved, it was basically like, oh, this gang of dudes is stealing TVs, or you know, this these two guys stole an airplane. Like that's their only issue in this city, in this unnamed city. Yeah, you don't get a sense of what city it is at all. Like, not what type of city it is, big or small. Sometimes it seems small. Other times it seems like New York or Boston. You just don't know. Any yeah. town, USA. Well, is there <laughs> anything else we haven't covered, or is it time to go to the ratings? Uh, I wanted to make sure to put in the Blue Oyster. That's, like, a very big part of the canon of Police Academy. Um, but I think we pretty much covered it all. I mean, yeah, other than it's an awesome movie. There you go. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a perfect transition into the ratings. Joe, how do the ratings work here at Shut Up? I love it. 
Let's get into it. So the ratings work that we're going to rate Police Academy 4 on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as a reference point. That something else could be another 80s screwball comedy saying like, hey, I think uh, Goofballs is a 10 and Police Academy isn't as good, so it's a 5. Or you could do Chocolate Chip Cookies because they make you feel warm inside, but this movie makes you feel even more warm inside. So it could be anything, and if that doesn't make sense... I will go first. Okay. So, uh, watching this movie for the first time, I was glad to be able to see it because it is one of those classics that gets referenced. So you got to see it. I also am a fan of like this era of the eighties. Uh, I go to this YouTube channel called Blackbuster, and it just does complete VHS rips of old movies, and usually just the the more ridiculous ones, not anything popular. Uh, and some of the movies listed there, uh, Combat Academy, Recruits, Goofballs, Screwball Academy, <laughs> Loose Screws, <laughs> Screwballs. And they, it continues. There were a lot of these preppies uh, as well. There were a lot of these movies, and I think... Um, uh, Police Academy was the blueprint. Really. Absolutely. Totally agree. So I really have to rate it against one of these. And I'm going to rate it against a, uh, I think a little known one called Gas Pump Girls. Gas Pump Girls Ooh. is uh, not a uh, not about cops, but it's about a bunch of girls who take over their, uh, their uncle's, I believe, gas station to keep it from going out of business. And just like this movie, there's not much of character development or plot. It's just what uh, what gags can we do with this? I thought uh, the little-known Gas Pump Girls was just as funny as <laughs> Police Academy 4. <laughs> and it's not that funny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to give Gas Pump Girls an 8 because it's very, it's much more horny. So I had fun with it for that. Mm-hmm. And Police Academy 4, I'm going to give a 4. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't outright hate it, but it just didn't quite do it for me as far as the uh, 80s uh, comedy classics. Mm-hmm. So I do have to give it a 4, but... Uh, it's a strong four because of David Spade skateboarding. Mm, strong four, if there's such a thing. <laughs> I will go next. I'm going to compare this movie, um, strangely, against my favorite 1980s film, which has nothing to do with comedy. It's The Thing by John Carpenter. Whoa. So it's the science fiction horror film, which is the best one. The Thing is 10. And I remember, and the reason I'm comparing the two is because <laughs> yeah. nostalgically, nostalgically i'm connected to both of them like i saw the thing like later after it came out but like i saw it and it like just traumatized me forever like it just made me a horror fanatic stephen king like fanatic and everything else because it was so scary like the impact emotional impact was huge so for that reason i will give the thing a 10 um as a nostalgically important horror film for me 
nostalgically important comedy films, Police Academy. I'm just going to group them all together, all the seven or like whichever ones I've seen because I don't remember. I'm going to give that important, like the, in terms of importance, what they've done to me emotionally, I'm going to give them an eight in terms of comedy. Because I feel like it was one of the first like Hollywood, like just comedy films that I saw and I really enjoyed how funny they were and probably put something in that little brain that made, you know, me more of a comedy person as I grew up. Eight. Alorinthia, what about yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, so I, I was thinking about what I wanted to base my ranking on. And I think it's going to use like an HGTV ranking. And what I mean by that is, is this something that if it's on, you'll watch it. If you're walking through a dentist's office and it's on, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Or do you sit down and you grab a drink and you pay attention to it? <laughs> or are you going in and out of the room and you're like, oh, have they put in the farmer's sink yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I would say to choose a specific show from HGTV, I would say like um, Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you see that on, you're going to want to sit and watch just how long it takes for them to choose you know, to put shiplap on the wall, right? <laughs> and have some sort of a wreath, you know? Um, and I think with that, comparing it to Police Academy 4, if I'm thinking just Police Academy 4, I would say I would put that at, at a 10. I would say if I was flipping through and I saw that, you know, that's all the, the hot air balloon scene, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop it. I'm going to watch. I'm going to pay gonna attention. Pause. You're going to pause yeah. and pay attention. Great. Cancel yeah. plans. Tell yeah. all your friends we're not going out tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's on. So very kin- I mean, it's, kinetic angle of like right. Like, is it gonna is it gonna hold you in a, mm-hmm. in a time where you can go online at any point <laughs> and look at your phone? Are you gonna stop and watch this movie? And uh, every time I'm gonna do it. Good rating system there. I love it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Alrinthier, for coming on. Shut up! I love it. Is there? Well, first of all, Happy New Year once again, before I forget. Happy um, New Year. We survived. <laughs> we survived. And second, um, is there anything you'd like to plug anywhere people can find you on the Internet? Yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter. Uh, it's Alrinthia. It's just my name, A-L-R-I-N-T-H-E-A. I spell it really fast. Um, and uh, watch a Black Lady sketch show on HBO. It's the best show ever and you'll love it i Amazing. agree joe what about you what's going on let's see it's the new year so mm-hmm. what's going on you could go to go to joecabello.com to figure it out uh you probably can still read my book on my patreon subscribe and you get a free book about uh a virus that infects you technologically Ooh. so mm-hmm. pretty cool and pretty uh, cool. other stuff <laughs> awesome and thank you Elizabeth Salute for the artwork thank you Mr. Owl for this amazing track and thank you for listening and happy new year happy new year